Hey guys, welcome to our third episode of Coffee with Kian Pawan. Today we're here with Felicia. Felicia is a very good friend of mine whom I met over last summer during an internship we did together. And we've been great friends since then. She has always been a super lovely, kind and caring friend. Uh, Felicia is a fourth year mechanical engineering student and she's doing a conjoint with arts, majoring in English. She's also part of the exec team for WEN, Women in Engineering at University of Auckland. Hello. How are we doing today? Good, 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 good. Thank yeah. you for having me. That's I'm good. a long time fan. Yeah, that's good, that's good. I hope the coffee is warm. No, it's warm. It's, it's good. good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so, Felicia, um, Pawan, you, you've met Pawan like two, three times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think times. I've seen you twice before this. Probably with Kia. Probably, Probably with, with Kia, yeah, 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 but we didn't get to actually talk. So, this will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Explore a few topics and sure. Even you and me, we just met over like steins and like yeah, <laughs> stuff we like that. We haven't like got another other. Sober? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So people know you generally because of when I would say. I mean, it's too general, but <laughs> most you um, at uni know you. Yeah, I reckon like a lot of people that I know from uni. I always talk about Bowen as well, yeah, like I'm always events. like, go to come, come to my events kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been in Wen since first year, so mm -hmm. obviously that's kind of where my my people are, I guess. Do you find that your network is quite big uh, because of that, like because you're a part of Wen since first year? You've had yeah. like quite like a range of, you know, you kind of meet a range of different people and like have like a big network. Definitely. Yeah. I've got like, because... I guess when we're going through engineering, I find that like my friends are always within my class kind of thing. But with when I'm meeting people from the whole like the whole spectrum, like from first year to fourth year, all these different specializations, which I wouldn't get to meet if I was not doing when I right, guess. Right, right. But like you put get put in when from the first year, right? It's like compulsory, right? Not compulsory, but like you already put in when when you started doing engineering. Oh, um, I guess like every um, self-identifying woman who does engineering um, automa automatically gets like enrolled um, into like WIN. Right. But um, I like applied to be a WIN leader, mm -hmm. which right. is like a little bit different, I guess, because yep. um, the leaders kind of actually run the events mm -hmm. and do the, the programs and such. So. I, was, I think I was really lucky that I got to do that from the very beginning. Like, I was a win leader before I even stepped foot on campus, like, on my first right. day. Um, which is, yeah, cool. I don't think a lot of win leaders even can say that they did that because they changed yeah. the program, right. um, the, what's it called, the application um, right. each year. So you're in fourth year uni. What made you actually first do engineering and what made you kind of stay till the fourth year? Stay till the fourth year. <laughs> oh. I know quite a few people that have kind of gone to second year and they're like, nah, that's not my yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about like men and women in general. Mm. Like what's, what was you kind of like pushed towards engineering? Yeah, I, I actually had a friend who dropped out of engineering like in fourth year, like last oh, semester, in semester tough. one, yeah. It's about four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long yeah, time enough. ago. I um, think four years ago, it was like high school. 
Yes. Right? Or yeah. What was I doing thinking in high school? Maybe with library grammar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you have this like in high school did you have this like thought that I really want to do engineering or was it like a gradual sort of thing that just happened and you got to enroll in? Um, I had like a couple of options. Right. I think oh, maybe like just as enrollments were starting, I was like thinking I was going to do journalism, mm. which is more of like my art side. Um, but then I really wanted to do something like for the environment, like I want to do sustainability, maybe environmental science. Um, but then kind of engineering has always kind of been an option for me because my dad's an engineer. Um, so that seemed more like out of an engineering degree, you can get a job like straight away, basically. Mm -hmm. So that was really like a push. Um, yeah, it was a good, good thing about engineering. <laughs> so I ended up enrolling in like a conjoint, was which is kind of the best of both worlds. Um, had the art side and the engineering side, which I wouldn't have been able to kind of keep if I had done like journalism. Like I would have let go of my whole like science yeah. background. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's how I ended up yeah, here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was same as me. Like, I was, I wanted to do med, and I wanted to go to Otago. Mm. I booked everything for, like, accommodation, flights. About a week before my flight, like, engineering, like, they, I got an email from them that, like, mm. got accepted. I was like, I'll just stay here. What are the chances of me getting into med? <laughs> so you actually applied for engineering while you were waiting? Or like but I applied for everything, though, like, law. Like everything. Yeah, yeah. And even on Tiger, I applied for all of them. So you're quite confused as to what you wanted to do. Yeah, it wasn't clear. Right. That's quite interesting. And what made you like not go to through med and do engineering? What made you think that I won't make it into med? Let me do engineering. Yeah, that was the reason. I thought I would make it into med, and I was like, be wasting my time on Tiger. So I was like, engineering is already here. I'm already in. Right. Like chance, they don't really kick you out. Like engineering. Yeah, it's not. It's not that competitive. It's just once you're in and you actually like just study normally and pass exams, you, you, you can become an engineer. What I've heard from med is uh, the first year is quite uh, quite challenging and quite competitive, but once you get in and do your second year, they actually support you even if you like fail your, you know, your some of your courses, they let you retake it and you know they're quite like supportive. Of, once you get so in, once you get in the community, they try to push you up. But the chance like, of name, getting in. Yeah, it's quite, quite, quite. Yeah, it's quite slim. So you'd probably be wasting like a year or something. Because I went to these seminars and stuff for before med. You know, they do these seminars how to get into med and stuff. And the guys were saying I slept for two hours for the whole year, and like studied, and I still didn't get in. Or the guys got A pluses, and they still didn't get in and stuff. Like separately. Right. Cool. But that's why, but I think that's why we all needed one episode. You guys just did one episode. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I only did one episode oh, right. because it was so much work. Yeah, if you do have seven interviews, yeah, that's a lot of editing. Lot seven of interviews, five. one five, sorry, five in one hour. Well, not one yeah, hour, but one, one episode. Hour, yeah, I cut down like I'm sure there was like two hours of stuff of you cut stuff. down. Yeah, yeah, right. Were they all like important people? Or? Yeah, because it was like. So the podcast is called On Wednesdays, yeah. and... It's quite cheesy. Hey, 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 hey. I, there was a point to it. Well, okay, that was my idea because it was like on Wednesdays and it's like when, as in like... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we did, um, for our episodes, it would be like on Wednesdays, we talk about X, Y, and Z. Right. So our first episode was on Wednesdays, we um, talk about when. 
So we interviewed like five different people who <laughs> contributed to win, which it's a big like organization. So it wasn't one go. Like they were all sitting at one table and then no, 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 no. back to back. No. They just put all the interviews into one episode. Oh, okay. I see. It, they, they made it that is a lot of editing. Yeah, so what do you do? <laughs> what do you do in the next Wednesday? Nothing. Um, it was talking about Wednesday. We, we didn't touch a party. <laughs> it was only one Wednesday a year. <laughs> it was just one Wednesday a year. Wow. <laughs> do you think people actually turn into that? Can you can you tell if yeah, people actually listen? Um, Did you find like a big following, or how was it? Um, we got like hundred listens, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is pretty good. Oh, but when is like a big group? so big, like yeah. organization yeah. yeah it's like our events are about like a hundred each time at least like a, at, oh not at least maybe like for our big events it's like hundred you mean like in-person events yeah right. so it's like about the same size as an event i do, guess right you, do you feel like in these events you actually get the like the winds message across or is it more like just people rock up because it's like a networking social event, thing. just like a social thing um I feel like the networking and the social aspect adds to mm. Wynn's, like, purpose. Right. Because um, Wynn is, like, about connecting people, mm-hmm. whether they be, like, high schoolers or uni students or even in industry. Yeah. We've got, like, programs and events that go throughout right. um, with, obviously, like, a focus on university students because we are university students we're all running it yeah. um so if it is like a social event and it doesn't seem like it's um kind of f- conveys the message of like when and like like what's connecting people or like you know encouraging women to do engineering it's yeah. it's kind of it adds to the whole like vibe of like um, making connections and getting people to understand their differences and just like even kind of you know the whole thing of like if you see someone doing something that you've never seen them do before like it makes you mm-hmm. think like oh I can do that too yeah it's kind of like that kind of thing where right. if you see someone else like oh you're going to this event you like can be a woman in engineering mm-hmm. and still go out and party like all the other men kind of thing then like, <laughs> yeah, I can too as well you know yeah. like yeah 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 so it's kind of in line these two are not really like contradicting each other you know the fact that in these in these events you're having fun yeah and because you're having fun you're attracting more people mm-hmm. because you're attracting more people you're increasing like the networking aspect of win yeah and then that's how you get your message across. That's pretty. Yeah, smart. it's kind of it's, it, it is a smart way of doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. If you make your events very fun, everybody's gonna rock up. Isn't that what like every club is trying to do? Most of them. Uh, yeah, at but uni? but the core of win is to improve like have like a better social network going, right? For women. For a woman in engineering, that's yeah. like the core. Um, I guess most of the most of the other clubs also have. They all want to. Okay, I got an interesting thing. <laughs> other day I was at your event, right, the diversity event. And I was talking to this guy, mm-hmm. and it was a girl. So as a joke, I was like, I'm a feminist. And then he was like, well, when and feminists are not the same thing. I thought, I, per my personal opinion of feminism is men and women should be treated equally and given same opportunities. And he was like, no, no, that's not what, what when is about, blah, blah, blah. 
and I feel like he's not, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I just want to confirm with you the differences and what the, if they're the same, if the purpose of when is being a feminist or not. What's your take on feminism? Throwing out the big question. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's a, a personal opinion. Wait, so at this party, so you said you're a feminist as a joke? It's well, a my right? definition of feminism is that men and women should be treated equally and given the same opportunities. That's what I believe in. Yeah. And th- that's what I believe in. That wasn't a joke. And you thought that that was, that was what Wen was trying to do? That's, th- I, th- I thought that's one's Wen's purposes. To, so in the engineering industry, men and women should be given the same opportunities mm-hmm. and treated the same. Mm-hmm. And he was I, like, no, 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 that he was arguing with me. I just want to confirm with you, what do you think about this? What was he arguing about? I don't remember. Yeah, what was the other, <laughs> other side of the he argument? He was saying like when and, women, when and feminism is not the same thing, purpose of when is not feminism, stuff like that. They're not trying to be an active feminist group. No. I, I want to ask her, are you on the Yeah, I, I think it's, there's different definitions of feminism, is yeah. there not? Yeah, it's, it's not just yours? what you oh. describe is not the only. Uh, no, I'm not saying that's. I just said that's what my definition yeah. is. I'm asking what's yours, um, and what's when's. Well, I think it's with when it's like it's not like necessarily giving. Uh, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, can I think on it? Yeah, you can think <laughs> on Thank it. Thank you, Tyler. Because with feminism, you're actually, um, it's like a advocacy of women's rights, you know, on the ground of like sexism, you know, like male and female or like how many other genders there are. So you're kind of worrying about their rights by law in society and, you know, how they're treated equally. Whereas in the engineering industry, these laws are there, you know, but it's more about the social outgoing you know like the everyday interaction with people right that's i feel like that's a bigger concern mm-hmm. for women they get into the industry it's like the everyday everyday interaction with people you know they want to you don't want to go into a into an internship or into a workforce and be like there are there are cool projects but you're not going to do these projects you're going to do menial jobs until we feel that you are ready to do a project you know yeah and, and then you see you see that other other grad roles yeah. who've had the same amount of experience being taken into that project, maybe just because they're men. So you can't really put like law on it. It's not really like a like a human right sort of thing. But I don't know. That's kind of like my how I see it as, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's kind of along the lines because it's not we don't actually use the word feminism a lot mm-hmm. in when because it's not. I don't know. I don't know why we, we don't use it. I think it's it's almost like like um, a step that we've already kind of moved Established. on from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. Even like within when, obviously we've got really good um, connections in Auckland where all our outreach visits are in Auckland. We're always engaging with our uni students and like high school students and the Auckland companies. Mm. Um, but we're kind of trying to move on to like the next step of it because like we've got really good connections within the women and now we're trying to include um, 
allies mm -hmm. into the conversation where it's like yeah. um, people who don't identify as female mm -hmm. but support the win cause, I guess. Yeah. Um, as well as also we're trying to do go kind of almost international where we're doing outreach visits in like South the South Island. We went to um, Dunedin and like Queenstown um, last break and we're also through social media we're trying to go kind of global almost <laughs> like um, just trying to reach as far as we yeah. can so it's more it's it's less about like establishing like oh women should be allowed in the engineering classrooms mm -hmm. or in like not like cast away I guess mm -hmm. it's it's kind of we are it's more already than, beyond that yeah it's like more of the nuanced kind of differences where people are like like there's they acknowledge the women yeah but like they're still not listened to kind of thing yeah it's kind of like going for the subtle social traits yeah. within the industry that's what you're trying to attack yeah you talked about allies and that's quite interesting because when i i think kia and i both are a part of uh allies, allies yeah. men and win i think it used to be called that and you changed it into win allies yeah which i think it's a good step Instead of saying men and women, <laughs> um, yeah, it's more like in collusion, like a, like a same similar group sort of thing. Kind of makes you think what what can we as men in engineering, you know, do to support women? And you know, it makes you think that. But also, like a contradicting aspect of the question is the fact that you see you as men different to women in engineering. The fact that that contradiction ex exists, that the fact that that question exists, like, you know, what can me as a man do to support a woman in engineering? What makes me think that I need to help a woman in engineering? You know? Yeah. It's quite interesting when you think about it. Yeah. Like, you know, what makes you think that I need to support a woman? She can completely stand on her own. She can, you know, go and go into the industry and make her own presence, you know? Like, quite interesting. But that's true. As an organization, like you're doing, yeah, when allies, which is which is a very good way to kind of involve other parties into the thing as well, which is quite interesting. I guess it kind of asks the question of like, you know how if if you're a bystander of like a bully mm -hmm. and you're not stepping in and doing anything, then mm -hmm. doesn't that make you just as bad as the bully? It's mm -hmm. almost kind of like that kind of comparison, I guess. Yeah. Whereas like if you're just kind of standing by letting these... Um, conventions occur then like aren't you just as bad as yeah. the conventions that made this industry I guess yeah, yeah. I can add uh, I can add like an experience I've had in an internship which is quite interesting I was uh, working on a construction site at Pukikoi um, this is like I worked there for about three months um, second third year of, uh, of my engineering study and Throughout the whole time, I'd seen only guys, like men, laborers, and on site. And there was this one day I rocked up. I was a bit late uh, to work. I rocked up around like eight o'clock. Supposed to be there at seven. And then I see like about about like fifteen guys trying to clean all the toilets. I, I hadn't seen that before happening on a construction site where guys, laborers, go and clean up toilets. I was like, "What's going on?" Everyone's like moving around. Everybody wants everything to look like pretty and nice. I was like, what's going on? And then I go ask one of them, I, I asked uh, my senior, I was like, yo, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, we have, we have like a female uh, engineer come, to, come on site to check out, okay, <laughs> check out the site. <laughs> and I was just there thinking like, wow, man, you guys really need like a girl to come on site for you to clean your own shit. 
that's quite interesting because this industry has been going on for as long as buildings have been built as long as houses have been built you know that's that's where engineering comes from essentially you need engineering to support the human and humans you know like social sort of social needs you need like infrastructure you need roads you need all these things and the fact that it's been going a thousand years and mostly it has been guys that have been doing it like men in society that have been doing it and now bring about this change you have to kind of also face this years long of uh, assumptions and you know stereotype that have, that has been built which is which is quite a big it is, it, it, it is not a small task you know even if like organizations and companies do say yes we are completely equal with this we are that people and in their deeper thoughts they still have i feel like most of them still have that mm-hmm. thought you yeah. know it is a men dominated industry you know it is guys doing hard work and all that which is true but doesn't have to be that way you know yeah and engineering is also more than just construction sites as 100%. well 100% so it's like there's so many industries that engineering leads to i always say like engineering is using like science to create solutions for like society yeah. and just like the whole progression of society is built by engineers yeah and obviously if these solutions aren't being made by people who represent the society then it's not actually like that and not it might not be the best solution for everyone mm-hmm. um who, who lives in that society like they it's just like people just don't think about other aspects along the time, like yeah, other perspectives. Yeah, I feel like I fall in that category as well sometimes because I've only been exposed to like the civil industry. I'm like, I don't really think about, you know, like biomedical engineering where there is like a, I think the ratio of men to women is a bit, it's not that like lopsided. Yeah, It's a bit same. more balanced. I just been to sites like construction sites, so I'm just when you say talk about engineering and woman engineering, I just think of construction site. Hmm. There's like probably two women, two girls in the site. <laughs> site we were on the internship we were working on. Mm-hmm. There were literally the labor was only was one girl, and she was like uh, operator. Yeah. Engineers there were like three, four engineers on site. Yeah, but just construction like laborers, there was only one woman in like hundred fifty people. Other than when. What other activities or clubs are you involved in? Like uni or outside uni? Um, I do a conjoint, so like I do, I'm in another faculty, I guess. I, mm. I have done a few like artsy stuff, but because engineering takes up so much of my time, I've that's been kind of my focus. So yeah. like when and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like to swim. I used swim. to be a competitive swimmer when I was younger. Nice. Then I did like lifeguarding on the beach and in the pools. I play the piano. Did grade eight last year. Last wow. year? Yeah. You still play? Yeah. Nice. I haven't played this year. <laughs> but yeah, I, I played until grade eight last year, yes. Which was really hard with doing engineering as well. Great like hard. Grade eight is pretty hard. Yeah. How much does it go to? Like, what's the... Oh, the after grade is, I think it's diploma. Yeah. And I think it keeps going. I don't know what the next one is. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you go grade one to eight and there's diploma. Right. You literally get a diploma of, like, the instrument. Yeah, right. The yeah. instrument. And then wow. after that, I think it's going, like... Right. On, on close up to PhD, I think. Like, my teacher, grandma, 
or like the instrument you're playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my teacher and grandma who taught me violin, he had a PhD. His name was like Doctor Thompson. His name was Thompson. Wow. Dr. Thompson. Wow. He was a PhD in music, I think, overall. Wow. Quite music is so interesting. Yeah, pianos I think is easy to start on, but it's so hard to get like good at. How do you feel? Um, uh, I don't know. No? I've been, I've played for a long time, yeah, so, you don't so I, I don't know. You're a pro, really. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, people like progress way quicker than I do. Like people are, there. There's some like primary kids who are at grade eight sometimes. It's crazy. My mate from grandma who plays the violin, you know him as well. I won't name him. He got he started playing violin since he was three. Wow. And he had a diploma when I started playing violin. Wow. He played viol, viola, violin, cello, piano, piano, everything. Everything there is to play. Since he was three, bro. Wow. The violin was probably like size like half. It was like. How do you? How do you teach a three-year-old? At three years old, do you have like coordination at that point? They do. They're playing it. it I'm sure he was only playing like a single string. How can you, you know your fingers, right? Your tiny fingers. Well, how do you even... was, it is different size of violin. Right. So for kids, it's smaller violin. Yeah, even if it's smaller, you still need like hand coordination to play it. You have to press on the strings, yeah. you have to move the. Yeah. And you need grip strength as yeah. well. Yeah. Only oh, three years old, I'm sure old? they do. <laughs> At three. But it's such an, is it not like an awkward angle? I don't know. I At three, I was catching butterflies in a water bottle. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I, I was ta taking my like small bicycle with like the three wheels at the uh, two extra wheels at the yeah, back yeah, to keep yeah. keep you like you know so you, so you don't fall off. And, like a basket in the front. I used to take my like f football on the basket. And I just used to ride up. But and my down dad the took the one on the right off. So, <laughs> so you were riding left side. So I couldn't. I was always like riding on oh, the left. I remember my granddad did that too. Yeah, they do that so you can learn how to balance yeah. it slowly. Because when you kind of like if if you have a wheel on the right side. And suddenly you're a bit to the left. You have to balance yourself. Yeah. You know, and you have that fallback. You can always go to the right. Do you ride bikes? I have ridden a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in a long time. But right. I started on a trike. Hmm. One wheel on the front, two wheels on the back. Yeah, right. Yeah. One yeah. with white wheels. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> nice. that's, that's cool. That's I cool. didn't learn how to ride a bike until probably maybe 10. 10. Yeah, because we didn't wow. really have bikes. Yeah. Wait, did you grow up in Auckland? Or? Yes, I did. I grew up in the North Shore. Right. I moved when uh, I moved from Indonesia when I was like one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we were really poor for a long time. Right. So yeah, we didn't have like bikes and stuff. Yeah. Do so, you remember anything from back home? No, I Indonesia, don't. Not much. Do you I've, visit often? Or? No, I've gone back once. Right. When I was um, sixteen. Mm -hmm. I think it was just time to go back I guess we it right. had been like 15 years and we'd kind of established ourselves here um, do you have family back home or? yeah all of my family all your family's back home right only my immediate family right. is here in New Zealand right and my grandparents as well Damn. how do you think life would have been different if you were in Indonesia you know like you're here now you know exposed to engineering you're exposed to this that that you and you choose a certain career path how do you think life would have been different if you were it's kind of stayed in Indonesia I thought about that a lot when I did go back. Mm -hmm. I was like, the, you know, thinking about like, if I did know my family, because I don't know any of them. I can't, I can, I mean, I'm not fluent, but like I can sort of lead a conversation in 
Indonesia, but like right. it's really hard for me to speak it. Like my parents speak Indonesian to me, and then I always answer back in English, which <laughs> I feel is um, oftentimes is kind of a an immigrant experience. Like a <laughs> yeah, lot of 100%. families do that. Um, so like, and sometimes I'll I'll talk to my mom. I'll be like, oh, do you think if I was in Indonesia, I would still like be really into like literature mm-hmm. and like the arts side because it's always it's called like English here and yeah. like if I'm not speaking English would I still be into like writing and reading yeah. and movies if I was living in Indonesia and it's such a different culture like I wouldn't have to um I uh, like it's I'd be not so much as like a minority as in like in in terms of race mm. I guess yeah yeah. Although there is also this other, it's complicated. There's like Chinese Indonesians who moved, uh, who to, who moved to to Indonesia, like a big group of them, and then there's like discrimination against them compared to like the native Indonesians, right, right. which is so. Then like I'm almost like a minority in, in Indonesia as well as in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, so yeah, there's like right, no winning right. really. <laughs> right. How about you guys? Do you feel like a, a disconnect from your cultures i guess what would you be doing if you were in iran for 21 years 20 i don't think i would have a job what i you mean? would have studied some random science is is uh, is engineering actually a thing like a big thing in iran now it's like, Maybe like these are the private unis where you pay money get a degree so you can get a get a phd mm-hmm. you know two years you pay a lot of money. You can just they don't care what mark you get. They yeah, just give you a degree. But that's private school. There's like public universities. It's yeah. very hard to get in. Right. And you get in those, you'll get a straight like scholarship to like Oxford. Right. There's a big difference, you know? Right. But to get in those, you have to be like for top 2% of the whole country, which is like 90 million people. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I would be there. The first top percent, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Like, what what makes you think? You know, if you chose a different path, would you succeed in that? That's kind of like your alternative reality. You know, like if you picked a different path back in time, you don't know how how much you'd succeed. You know, like. I mean, it's not even back in the back. Like even now, you can choose different paths, but you don't know which one you're gonna be successful at. That's true. We're talking about the future, but I'm saying like there was an opportunity when you were like say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not really opportunity, there was like, you could have made a different choice or your family could have made a different choice. That would have affected you directly. Thousand percent. If if that happened, like it's really hard for us to think back now and be like, this is what I would have done, you know? Like, cause you don't know what sort of opportunities you would have gotten when you, if you did take that. I keep telling my parents, I'm blaming them. Like you should have came here before I was born (laughs) or like when I was one or two years old, cause I went through a lot coming here when I was like 12, which is yeah. a bad age, I think. But then again, I am who I am because of all those, right? So like, I don't know, maybe if they came then, I would have been a different person. And like, mm-hmm. I would not be who I am now. Maybe I would have been like a basic person, basic <laughs> white person. It's <laughs> like whitewashed 100%. I'm, I, right now I'm whitewashed pretty much, but like, if I came I, earlier. How, how can you know how whitewashed you are? Is, <laughs> is there a scale? Is there a scale? <laughs> no, don't you think there's a scale? I don't think so. Not for me, at least. I, 
I don't know. I feel like there's a spectrum. I've never thought about it. This is the first time I've ever thought about it. Because, like, but. what is, like, a 100% whitewashed? Are you talking, like, a Kiwi is 100% whitewashed? Are you talking about immigrants that move and yep. take on the, like, the New Zealand culture? Well, yeah, like, like, what percent, from 0 to 100, you've taken the New Zealand culture? Mm-hmm. You have your own culture at 0, and you have New Zealand culture at 100. How much of it have you, where do you stand in that 100%? Mm. But Obviously, I feel like, it depends on your parents, how strict they are and how cultured they are. Or, like, also depends what age you came here. Like, when you come here, like, at 20, and, like, you're now 21, you might be, like, 90%. Mm. Oh, sorry, like 10%. Yeah. But then there's people who, like, can code switch, where they're, like, a certain way with their friends, and then they go home, and they mm-hmm. talk a different way, they eat different foods, like, just yeah. Yeah. completely different. And so then where do they lie on that? They're exceptions. <laughs> they're exceptions. It's <laughs> almost it's almost like they're carrying two personalities. Yeah. You know? Yep. Have you ever felt that? Like all of us moved, I mean, you came here at a very young age, maybe not, but like when you move here at, I moved here when I was 15, you moved here when you were 12, you know, your family, like their sort of food style, their speech, their language, you know, their way, way they dress up, everything is different. And the friends that you see outside, they're quite different. You know, like you have to kind of be, the, you have to be able to switch yourself to be able to fit into both places. Do, do you find yourself in that, being yeah. caught in that? Yeah. Or you tend to push one side to be like, you tend to push your parents to be like your friends. Mm, yes. If you don't want to have two personalities. Yeah. You know, you tend to push your friends. Either you hang out with a friends, group of friends who are similar mindset and culture as your parents, or you tend to push your parents to be same as your friends. Yeah. If you don't want to change who you are, like have two personalities. There's yeah. also kind of a difference between having personalities and also like your inherent values. Yep. If they're because if you can have two different personalities when you're with like your friends or with your family, but your core values are something that's you should, or that's not really something you can kind of code switch where like you could be like, you know, like if an example would be, um, I don't know, if you're like my parents don't drink and it's like it, it stems from, I think mostly because they don't like it, but like, it's it's bad. It's like it's toxic. It's poison. Yep. And then that's like kind of like not a value, but like a belief, I guess. I don't, I don't know what you would call that, but yep. like so. And then my friends and this New Zealand culture is very free with drinking. There's like a there's a definite drinking culture. drinking culture. Yeah. yeah. So that's something I've kind of taken back to my family like I, I don't drink in front of them but it's like something that I do do like and I'm not changing that per se there's like other thing that's like less like trivial trivial I guess but like you know there's like almost three different kind of I don't know what you would call it but like there's like what you present yourself as to your family and then how you present yourself to your friends and then who you actually are actually as a person. Are, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's, what, that's actually true. Kind okay. of like a mix. Yeah, but question, would you would you be yourself in any situation like with your parents and fa- friends and be like, this is why I accept me or not? Or would you put this image out there to your parents and to your friends to get accepted by them? I mean, when you're growing up, 
you're you are wanting you want you want to be accepted right yeah, when you're growing up you don't really you haven't you haven't you haven't formed a personality as such 100 percent. it's always changing even yeah. even now once you're grown up it's kind of changing according yeah. to things you like and what you get exposed to so i feel like when you're growing up you don't really have that this is me sort of thing i think when puberty hits you, you turn about like 14 15 then you have this like rebellious sort of you know fire and you're like like I don't care what you know the people say about me. This is this is kind of me. This is the youth sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's that one aspect of it, and I feel like I feel like the fact that the you know you said before wanting to change your parents or wanting to change your friends, you you resort to changing trying to changing your parents because you feel like you're a minority in the group in society. If you were not a minority in in the society, you would not be wanting to change your parents. If that makes sense. Right. So if you were brought up here, if your parents were like, if you were Kiwi, let's say, in New Zealand, you wouldn't think of changing your parents, that in in that like contrasting sense. You know what I mean? Because they're already Kiwi. So why would you try to change? Because you're group? not a minority group. Yeah. There's nothing to change them to. They're part of the same but, culture. But but even if you go back home, like even within like say I I can't talk about Kiwis. I, I I'm I'm not that exposed. But if you go back home, like if I go back home and you know, if I'm in like Kathmandu. Even within that society, there's a lot of different like people with different mindsets, different right. beliefs. Yeah, I get it now. Yep. You know, but I don't really think about changing my parents there, because that's like that's what they are. That's I don't really, hmm. to put it bluntly, I don't really care. Like it's, it's how they want to be, yep. you know, compared to other people in that culture. But, but even there, even there, there is like a contrasting sort of difference between people, but like the overall sort of culture is similar. But when you feel like you're a minority, then you feel the need to change and fit in, you know. Yep. Especially when you're growing up, like there's in even if you are kind of feeling rebellious or whatever in at fourteen, fifteen, like you were saying, um, there's like a what the rebelliousness stems from wanting to fit in and like because everyone else is almost rebelling. So mm. then you know that's how that's kind of around the age when people start drinking, people start exploring like different things different yeah. lifestyles yeah. and so then that's also kind of contradicting to what you used to be like as a child and also mm. like what your home life might be like right. yeah because like when you're growing up you kind of get told what life is about you know people yeah. kind of like talk to you about it they try to teach you about it but you kind of hit this age where you're like hell with that i want to see it for myself Right. That's where you're trying to experiment, right? That's, that's where that kind of like adventurous spirit comes in, where you're like, I don't want to be told how to do life. I want to know it for myself. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because like, who wants to be told? Like, it's like a prisoner and then the guard comes to him and be like, hey, you know, the outside is three trees. Like the prisoner would, wouldn't be like, okay, there's three trees. Nice. That's good. He wants to see it for himself. He wants to see the outside world for himself. You know, yeah. it's quite an, quite an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. I know when I was growing up, I was like in a like predominantly white neighborhood, the like where my school was. So I felt very like different with my friends, Mm -hmm. and they have all these like bonds between them from like childhood experiences, like kind of shared experiences where they they're like, oh yes, my dad used to do that too, or my mom used to do that as well. What that I couldn't like relate to, which is why I kind of felt like an outsider, mm. and it was like 
it, like I, I don't know if everyone has that kind of rebellious spirit that you do power yeah. like I I don't know if I was like consciously going like oh I want to go see the world for myself I think I was kind of more thinking about like like I know I'm different to them and it's like mm-hmm. how do I navigate my high school years trying to have like a some somewhat of a support system in high school but mm-hmm. also being like quite different to them same for me I'd like I know you say like you want to go experience life for yourself but that takes a level of consciousness to do that and realize that for yeah. me I didn't have that till I was 18 19 my parents said this is sky is blue I was like yeah it is blue right I didn't even have the consciousness to question it right. I don't know for what reason I'm sure there's reasons to it of how yeah. related to adulting and our parenting and stuff yeah but yeah, I didn't even question what they said. I was like, you're right. They're like, coffee's black. I was like, sure it is. <laughs> I didn't even have the feeling to question it. Why? Like, I want to see it. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's how it was. I know you, you questioned, you you fight it and all that from like when you were like, you wait, since when we met. Yeah, I feel like I've always had this why that I want to know. And it's, I feel like it's very prevalent in my culture as well. Because when I, even when you read like, like books they call it the holy books whatever from 5000 years ago when you read them it's like all about questioning what life actually is like they say this avatar they call it the avatar which is like a form of god comes um, this is not a belief of mine but this is this is how the story goes form of god comes in many various forms and then he talks to the people but all the people do is question him <laughs> exactly every religious book is like people question it yeah. and we prove them wrong i mean we prove them that we are right so believe us, anyways. Oh, I don't know about the proving part. That's not really how my books went, or like yeah. the culture, the books in yeah. my culture went. But it's all about questioning, and the, the the fact that questioning for me was like a tool, almost. You question to know, right? Your intention of question is to know, to find out. Yes. Because when you get told something, it's like a hearing a story. When you question and find out, it's like you're in the story. You're the you're the main character in the story. Yeah, it's quite quite interesting because when, ever since I was young, I was like, even I even questioned the damn like the reflection of a mirror. I was like, how <laughs> how accurate is this? I spent like an hours. I was like eight. I was standing in front of my because I, I was with my grandparents till I was like, yeah, I was with my grandparents till I was like six. Yeah. So after that, you know, I was like back and forth my mum and my grandparents because my par- parents were overseas. Yeah, I used to go into my grandparents' room and there was like this big mirror. You know, and, and it, yeah, right outside the cupboard, and I was just look at it. I'm like, what is this? Like, is this reflect- reflection even accurate? Like, how accurate is this? And I used to spend like hours just looking at it, <laughs> trying to figure out if there is like a glitch. That's smart. I don't know if it's smart, or I'm just questioning. I, I didn't even stop to think if it, is it smart or not. This is a general question for me. Is like how accurate? Because it is all reflection is is a reflection of light, right? It's only light that reflects. <laughs> Felicia's like <laughs> thinking too hard right now. Right? I know, I know. That's pretty smart right? question. This, I'm thinking, I'm like, this is a reflection of light, but what if light plays around? What if things change here and there? You can, but like, that's how eyes work. It's a reflection, reflection of light. So you can just say, yeah, well, what I'm see seeing it. is not. <laughs> no, you can say, like, what I'm seeing is how accurate is that? Because your eyes is the reflection of light. Sure, right? you can learn that. You know that now from reading a science book. <laughs> I didn't have anything. But well, the no, one you were eight, like, you know. Yeah, that's big thoughts for an eight-year-old. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then I, I, I spent, And then there was this time when I was thinking. I'm like, okay, I spent like a half an hour or an hour looking in the mirror, and then I'm like, who am I looking at? And then this this person in front of me <laughs> in the mirror would be a total stranger. 
I'll just be like, I can't connect with this person. This is my reflection, of course. I know that there's my face in the mirror. I can see my reflection. But then I'll be like, who are you, man? Like, who is this? Oh, my gosh. This, these are, I, I spend, until I was like 15, 16, I still like, every time I look at a mirror, if I spend more than five minutes, this would this will start to kick in. And this intrigued me so much. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, what, what is, who are you? Like, I know you're there, but what makes you think that that's you? You know, like, what is it when you see a reflection of yourself makes you think that that's you? Be- is it because you see your face being reflected? Is it because you see your body being reflected? Because you can't see a reflection of your thoughts in a mirror or your past experiences. All you see is a reflection of you in your face, you know, but like, what so makes why you- is that you, you know? Yeah, what makes you think that's a reflection of me? What if mirrors actually projected your thoughts and emotions and your personality? How would you see that though? How would you see that? I mean, I mean, you could probably can't see that. So yeah, I'm see yeah, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, but like- Visually you cannot see it. But visually you can't see it, but if you had the ability to see, you know, project yourself out there and be like, oh, that's me. I feel like people would make a lot of changes with themselves if they could see themselves in a mirror like that. But clearly with all the, like, how other people, not how other people see you, but like- Just how you see yourself. If yeah. you can see yourself clearly like that, I think people will make a lot of changes. That makes me think about the, have you ever read the book? Uh, I think it's called The Knife of Never Let It Go, where people can hear each other's thoughts. Wow. Right. And it's like, how, what does that look like? like right, right. I think there's a movie on this. Yes, there, yeah. it's coming out. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like you think and then the other people can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, because you were saying like, how can you see... Your, like, how can you see your thoughts in your reflection, right? How would that look? Like, because mm. I'm, because obviously you can see words, but it's not real, that's not really how thoughts work necessarily. Yeah. You know, you know, you do English, you're measuring English and arts, right? Do you feel that human communication could be any different if the form of language was a bit different? To how it is now like you know there are some languages in some remote part of the world where they talk in clicks and then they talk or like to whistle each other. or like whistle they whistle across and then the one villager can talk to like person like 200 meters away yeah how do you feel their thoughts are organized in their minds you know because our thoughts right now are organized in a certain way because of the language we speak that's how i feel in my experience like your language shapes like your thought process and it does and like different cultures different languages shapes your different mind in different ways because for example, I feel like some languages are hard to express emotions. Yeah. In some language, for example, my language, I feel like it's hard for me to express emotions in my language. In Farsi? No, in Turkish. Turkish, right. And like, I mean, that's my thing because I, I haven't been in the country yeah. for ages. Yeah. But I feel like different languages have their own different, like, uh, how do you say it? Vocabulary? Yeah, your vocabulary or like personality. Every language has their own uh. personality and like, there could be different languages where like, there's more emotions, there's more communication is more clear. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of Rumi? Rumi was like a Persian poet. Persian poet. Yeah. And most of his work was in Persian or Farsi. Yeah. But he also wrote in like Turkish, Greek and all these yeah. other aspects. I feel like when humans reach like a certain experience that they can't e- explain in everyday language, they resort to poetry. Ah, yes. I, f- I feel like, you know, yes. when, when there's a certain like because when you talk about your emotions and the sweetness of emotion, it's not very like A to B. It's not that like lo- logically correct. It, it is kind of illogical. And if you try to express this in normal words, it sounds stupid. That's it why art exists. To be able to express yourself yeah. without feeling. In different ways. Without using words necessarily. Or like, you know, poetry is still words, but like it's, it's 
organized in in this in such a way where you can't explain it in just like saying oh I'm happy yeah or, oh I'm sad yeah. This like reminds me of those like paintings, you know, like some artists at the beginning they start drawing like nice faces and stuff, but when they get older and like like get a pro, get, become pro, they draw these random yeah. messed up images that have like so many yeah. meanings into it. But like, when you look at it, it's just like some like triangles and <laughs> squares and stuff in a face. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is this? But like, there's so much more meaning. Like, he... sometimes it's just emotion. Sometimes mm. they're like, oh, I'm feeling that color, and then they splat it all over there. Yeah, and you, it's. It's also like, um, I think it was, was it Van Gogh who started going insane? I think, I think, and then with his like self yeah, self portraits, they started looking so like that's what distorted, meant, yeah, yeah. fell apart. Yeah, yeah, like, and that was a reflection. That was a. Oh, <laughs> there we like, go. There we go. It was a reflection of his his thoughts and his mental state. Mm. Right? That's how he saw himself. That's why he drew it. Yeah. Right? Wow. Damn. Wow. <laughs> this is a shovel. This is a shovel. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I feel like if people had the tool to do that, because not everybody can paint, not everybody yeah. can draw, but I feel like everyone's kind of to some level conscious of their thoughts. You have to be, right? If you're not conscious of your thoughts, like what you're thinking and how, in what level of kind of like thought process you're in. Hmm. I mean, you feel like you're conscious of it. Yeah. To some level. Not everyone can like know exactly what they're thinking. To 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 be involved in the thought process, I feel like it's different to being sort of conscious of what you're going through. You know, because um, you can be you can be involved in your thought process, and your thinking mind, whatever just goes on. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have control over it, so it just kind kind of like rumbles yeah. on. Then there's this other aspect of you which can be conscious of it, where you can be like, you know, I'm thinking, I'm I'm here, I'm talking. Yeah, and that's kind of like kind of opening up different senses. I don't know, it's it's very intriguing. It's like when you're realizing what you're doing. Yeah. Like it's like, like awareness, right? Yeah. Realizing what you're thinking. Not, not just thinking, but like even your actions. Yep. You know? And there's also like, there's some sort of distance between that because you can also think that you're doing something mm-hmm. when you're actually doing something. like you can perceive it in different ways yeah yeah has it ever happened to you like maybe when you played piano when you when you played violin or when you're playing a sport that when you're in the middle of it you get so involved that there's an aspect of you like wow i'm doing this has that ever happened to you um it like i get that when i'm like out in town like right. I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> right what am i doing here why am i spending <laughs> my like saturday night right. like, Is it, like after 10 shots <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Two shots. Really, <laughs> but like, I, it's like an out of body mm, experience where mm. you're like, you're realizing like, I'm in this space, yeah, but my mind is somewhere else, yeah. and I'm looking down on myself mm. and being like, why am I doing this? Is that because you kind of like outran your um, social battery, or is it because does that happen towards the end, like when you're kind of like tired and you're like, oh, I want to get out of here? Because that's like when you kind of like run out of your like social battery for me at least. You know, when you're engaging with people and you're like, just like, what am I doing here? For me, it's when I'm like drunk enough. I get this different level of consciousness. I, I don't know. Like, for example, I'm like, I want to do this, right? Like, do this specific goal. Yeah. But it is like, when you think about it, there's so many other things that come in front of me. Like, oh, I want to, but this, but this, what, 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 what if this, what if that? But when I'm drunk enough, it's this specific level, I'm like, I see everything so clearly in my mind. Like, my, not, not about like, it's others, like physical things, like my goals. 
I don't know why, but I swear, I sit there sometimes. I'm like, think about my future, my goals so clearly. I see the path so clearly. And it's not because I'm, I mean, obviously it's because I'm drunk and because of influence of alcohol, but it's not like I'm talking random stuff, thinking about random stuff. I see my goals in a very clear way. Like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And but, regardless of all this, what if, what if, what yeah. about this? What, what if this happens? What if that happens? You're saying when you're sober, you have like your uh, excretion aspect of your mind functioning. And when you're drunk, that kind of quiets down and all you have is your ambitions, right? Yeah, like when I'm sober, like you, I feel like I, I think a lot about other things that could go wrong. Yeah. But when, when I'm drunk enough, I see like, okay, it doesn't matter what it goes wrong. I should do you're this. You're just ambitious. Yeah. 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 Isn't that the point of alcohol? Kind but, of quiets down your excretion aspect of your mind? Yeah. For some people. You don't have the but why question come up. You know, your friend says you're drunk and your friend says, let's do this. But why doesn't really come up that often? You just like let's do it. But the thing is, like afterwards, I'm not like oh, I, should, I was drunk. I was did a stupid thing. I'm like I think about. It, I remember everything. And I'm like, damn, I, that was a clear thinking. This I should do it. Hmm. You know. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like for me, I kind of want to keep the discretion aspect of my mind functioning, like the intellect functioning while I'm making decisions. Mm. That helps me kind of like cut through, be like, for me, it's not really I'm afraid of things going wrong. It's for me, it's like, I want to know what could, what are the problems that I need to deal with to get there. You know, that's what I like about my mind, that it can do that. You know, I can think and be like, this is it, this problems, this is how I can tackle it. When I'm just purely ambitious with no plan, then I feel like I'm heading for disaster. Could be dangerous. You know, it could be dangerous because you don't know what you're getting into and your mind is not there to come back. Because mind is like a survival sort of, a part of your mind is like a survival um, tool, right? We talked about these in the first episode a bit. We were talking about like self-time, like self, like what do you do when you're alone by yourself? Fusha, what do you do when you're alone? When I'm by myself? Like, yeah. Wait, can I go back to that? Because I, um, the, the thing about the goals and the ambition thing. Yeah. Um, if I am faced with like a crossroads, mm-hmm. I always rely on intuition. Right. Not necessarily like, is this aligned with my goal mm-hmm. or like, like the the kind of like the questioning, the problem solving, like what would go wrong kind of thing. I just I just wait it out until I know, like until one of one of the options kind of feel right. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't come, then I don't mm-hmm. go down that path. Like you know, if it, if I could go down. If there's three paths where it's like one, I keep going, two, I change something, and three is the the a different change, then I'll go down that path until it feels right mm-hmm. to diverge off it. Right. And it's there's no I can't like. It's not logical because it's like I'm I'm just like, sometimes I'll like go and discuss things with people, but like, it's all kind of, it's just kind of, my process of, thinking where mm. I'm just like. There is the what's it, what ifs, but it's not necessarily like a survival thing. It's just like, oh, this could happen, or oh, this could happen um, if I do X, Y, and Z kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I just kind of rely on that feeling of intuition. Oh, yeah, yeah, this feels right, even yeah. like despite like, because one of an example would be like I'm kind of trying to, to decide where to go for my placement this summer, and there's like, um, I could go to Bonica. Or I could go to New Plymouth. And New Plymouth has, like, a cooler project, but Wanaka's, like, a cooler town. Yeah, it's a touristy. Yeah, yeah. and it's, like, I've talked to people, but it's, like, 
in my gut, like my gut will kick in when it comes down to it. Like it'll tell me what, yeah. Yeah. where to go kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I feel like intuition is a big part of actually allowing people to make decisions um, that they don't regret later on. Yeah. You know, if you follow your gut, you kind of be like, this is, this is, this is what my gut told me. This is, this is me, you know? Yeah. I feel like that, for me, that kicks in when I'm on my motorbike weirdly i'm hitting speeds that i cannot cannot speak of right now <laughs> when i'm hitting those speeds if i use my logical mind and calculate things it'll be too late i can't if i do that i'll crash if i rely on my intuition i exactly i can see clearly which way to go that will save my life and i have to rely on intuition which is and like instinct yeah there's there's a part of instinct this, i feel like instinct has a lot to do with survival though Yes. And of course it is survival because if not, I'll die. But there is that intuition that tells me, it's like a certain level of intelligence that you, without using your calculations, you reach to a place where you're like, you know the answer without calculating, if that makes sense. You have this gut feeling. Yeah. It's kind of, because instinct is like quick response to change in situations. And comes with practice. Like, like instinct. Instinct. Like yeah. if you have good skills, instinct will kick in when the time is, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the time that you need it. Yeah, but intuition is like a feeling, and like it's like a, it's not like related to your skills, kind of. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, an inherent how, thing. Yeah. yeah. How do you separate inst- uh, intuition and instinct? You know, hmm. for me in my in my personal experience, intuition has been like a because if I do have to decode that process I just went through to pick a certain path that I just picked through like through my uh, intuition, if I have to decode it, it makes perfect logical sense as well. You know what I mean? Right. But I just picked it uh, with my intuition. That means I just jumped all this the whole calculation aspect of things and I just reached it. Right. Is it because you've done already calculation so many times that it just, your brain knows it? Would that be instinct? Or, I'm saying, like you've done it so, like you, you know, know like what to do in a corner, I mean, on a bike, you know so, you've done it so much, your brain knows, like, your brain doesn't have a calculator, you don't even know the answer, like, just do this. And you're like, okay, I know but, that. Yeah, right. but sometimes I'm in a situation that I haven't been before, hmm. you know? Because instinct relies on your past experience. Yeah, that's what I'm According saying. to, you know, it, it has to do with, like, your e- evolution, you know, like, what's happened previous generation, what's happened to people, what's happened to society, and that kind of adds on in your personal experience, and you have, like, this instinct of things. But intuition, I feel like, kind of, it can also help you make decisions about things you haven't, because you, when you say you have a gut feeling, you know, if you had been in that situation before and you made a choice, you know what choice you made. You try to replicate it or go a different way. But clearly you have a gut feeling about a new situation. You know, I feel like inst- intuition kind of can help you in that, like, yep. fresh um, situation to make you yep. help, help you make a decision. That makes Quite sense. interesting. Yeah. I feel like everybody has their own, like, exposure to this. Yeah, and they'll probably have different their own explanation and yeah, view yeah. on it. That, um, yeah, you can hit us up on our Instagram. To, yeah. yeah, if you have any thoughts on this, yeah, we, we would love to hear it. But yeah, we have a few questions to ask you, Felicia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> from our Instagram. Uh, oh, from the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So we put up that story. Oh, I didn't think anyone. <laughs> I was like, no one knows me. <laughs> our dear friend Jack asked. Oh, no. <laughs> Jack asked. Jack. <laughs> I'm sorry, What's Jack. Your favorite I didn't mean slur. To say it. Pardon? Favorite slur. Men. Oof. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and 
your favorite wife? I think you know who it is. <laughs> no comment? Um, <laughs> you have to get this right. Yeah, I do. Who I asked? Like who I've, asked this? I have two. It's Teringa, obviously. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, it. Okay, good. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> and she was like, um, I assume she's beautiful and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, she meant like her wife, like the wife. Oh, the wife, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 But same with me. Someone asked thoughts on the student culture. At, at, at the at university. Yeah. yeah. I have a good experience, mm-hmm. um, but um, perhaps it is good for extroverted people, people mm-hmm. who like meeting other people. But it's like, because... Obviously, people talk about how there's no student culture in Auckland, blah, 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 like it's really hard to make friends. But I feel like I haven't had that issue mm-hmm. in particular. Like, as long as you're, like, open and willing to, like, meet new people mm-hmm. and willing to make the first step, I think I think a lot of times, like, me and Kia, I, I showed up to the induction and yeah. I didn't know anyone there yeah. and Kia was standing right beside me looking really intimidating you know how he has a, like a resting <laughs> yeah. Face? Yeah, he does he has a resting bitch face yeah I'm and like I was like like hi like, <laughs> how are you kind of thing yeah, yeah. I was like do you know anyone here just like trying to make small talk because you never know where yeah. that leads like yes obviously small talk can like be the end of it like and you'll never see them again but like yeah. just just give it a go yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. For some people, this might be a bit harder than other people. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like this can be worked upon, right? You, can know, you can kind of build it up and yeah. practice it. I feel like, and having like, and if you if you are doing engineering and you're tuning in, I feel like this kind of this skill almost will be very important moving in engineering. On in engineering, I feel like engineering industry, you need connections and friends, and it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think oh, to add on is like. Because I I went and visited my friends in Dunedin, right, and saw so, like they do have like student culture there, <laughs> but like here in Auckland, there's so many other things that you don't have to focus on. Like you don't have to rely on the student culture. You hmm. can go out, join like you know I don't know like a potting class or join like um like a basketball club or something. Like just so many things to do in Auckland that yeah. you don't need that student culture. culture yeah. 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 I mean, for me, it was pretty bad because it was locked. I mean, for everyone, it was locked down. But my first year and second year were locked down. Yeah. So, like, first year is important because you're like, everyone wants to make friends. So, first year, mm-hmm. go out and make friends. But for me, it was locked down. So, that was pretty tough. Yeah. For me, I, even though I'd been here for like five years before I joined uni, I went to the international students sort of club hangout and I met some cool people. people I thought international club masters. was pretty fun. It was quite fun. People from around the world come. Because they always. I feel like the generic, uh, I don't mean the generic, but like the kind of overlying background is that everybody has left their country and come to New Zealand. There is a spirit of like adventure and wanting to see new things. That would be like the kind of basic reason why you move out of your country because you want to see what's going on. Not necessarily, but I feel like, not necessarily, but international students have do have more social skills most of the times. Yeah. If they're learning a new language and they have to relearn those social skills yeah, exactly language scratch, yeah. yeah or being like a different culture a different society yeah. yeah you have to kind of change 
Very interesting. Very interesting. It is. Huh? Thanks you. Uh, thanks to you for yeah tuning in and spending your Saturday morning with us. It's been it's been quite interesting. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it, Felicia. Yes. Yeah. I had fabulous time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. So and follow when on Instagram. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. TikTok. Score. Yes, on TikTok. For sure. And follow us as well if you yeah. do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with Kian Pawan on Instagram. Yep. Sweet.